0: Welcome to The Shredder Show. Today I have the pleasure of having uh, Jade Simmons on the podcast. So Jade is our head coach for females within CJ Coaching, actually currently is one of my neighbours as well. So I've known Jade for a number of years and she's phenomenal in terms of what she does, in terms of getting clients results and she also has uh, an insane backstory in terms of uh, where she's come from and the challenges she's overcome. Um, so pleasure to have you on the podcast today and to have mm-hmm. you as part of our team and working with us so thank you, um, thank you very much Jade
1: yeah so um, I just kind of want to give you everyone a bit of background about me um, personal trainer wise I've been a personal trainer for over 10 years um, and I work at home one-to-one or one-to-a-couple with a couple of clients well with my clients um, but me myself, I have had a bit of a health scare throughout the years. Um, I was 18 years old when I was in a really bad car accident, um, and that actually led me to being a personal trainer. Um, and the reason for that was because of the injury that I sustained, I needed to get stronger. And it wasn't about looking a certain way, it wasn't about any of these other things. It was kind of just a, if I don't do this, I'm not going to survive through life. Um, so Basically, 18, 18 years old, um, I was in the back, in the middle of a car, um, and I went, so, I went forward so hard in the car accident that I shattered my lumbar spine. So, bottom area of your spine, um, obviously everything holding you together, um, that bit there just basically bust. Um, I was airlifted to Royal London. car just basically lost control there wasn't any main reason um the driver lost control of the car that was there but um yeah so i was uh, airlifted to royal london um i had a six to eight hour operation on my spine um i was resuscitated in total three times um i was paralyzed on my left side of my body from the brain injury that i sustained um i had Bruising, blood clots, and bleeding in my brain, where I had to have a brain probe. Um, through all them things, I was in intensive care um, and I was sedated. So I was put unconscious, made unconscious because of my injuries were very severe. And it was all to monitor the bleeding in my brain. So it wasn't just about my back injury. Um, for me, it was about the fact that my left side wasn't working. Um, they thought at first that my whole body from head down was paralysed. Um, my face had dropped, everything. Um, so I looked like I had a stroke, um, which is hard to kind of believe when you see me now. and You go, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. But it's such a big, big thing at the time. Um, so I was in hospital for a long period of time, um, was taken from one hospital to another, um, I had a tracheostomy, you name it, I've had it. I had um, symptoms of a heart attack um, where they tried to take me round um, from being unconscious.
0: Uh, it's how, all... how long were you in hospital in total from like going into coming out?
1: Um, so I think it was about three and a half months, but they were trying to release me to go to the Queen Elizabeth Foundation, which is like a brain unit uh, for people that have been in horrific accidents, but there wasn't a spot and I didn't have enough funding and stuff like that. Um, So I was released on 24-hour care to my Nan and Grandad because my Nan and granddad were quite young um, They were able to look after me. So after three and a half months, I actually walked out of hospital, but I was given a wheelchair Um, I I could only walk a very select few steps on my own and without holding on to walls and surfaces and the pain was excruciating in my back all the time and I couldn't understand why um, I was on loads of medication. Um, but for the first say two to three months, my nan and granddad had to help me up and down the stairs. Um, I couldn't hold anything for very long. I couldn't stand up properly on my own without trying to straighten myself up, um, holding on to things. I couldn't go anywhere without using a wheelchair. It was horrible. Um, and I think that kind of shows me or shows anybody you kind of you need to be mobile um and for me i was i just wanted to do everything for myself again i was only 18 years old and kind of having that taken away from me and it wasn't my fault um was such a big thing um so i wanted to get back to standing i wanted to get back to doing everything and i think i did that quite quickly because i was so determined it i was just pissed off the whole time. I was depressed. Um, I was anxious that I wasn't be able to do anything ever again. Um, that I would say like after four or five months, um, I started going out, um, with Dan, my husband, um, boyfriend at the time, um, and going and doing a lot more things for myself, um, in a wheelchair still. Um, and then I started volunteering, um, at local, It's called the YMCA, actually. Um, And I started just just getting out and just doing things. Um, And from there, um, I started the gym. So that was kind of my big thing. Um, I had counselling at the time, and my counsellor was like, look, you need to start going to the gym because you're so weak. You feel that is my main thing. I was so scared that I wasn't even able to make a cup of tea. Like, to not be able to go into the kitchen and pick the kettle up without feeling like you have to hold on to anything it was it was horrible absolutely horrible so i started going to the gym um and the gym i went to was specialists for people with disabilities um and they kind of said don't do this don't do that be careful you need to be careful of that and the hospital i was having hospital visits well every other day i had hydrotherapy um physiotherapy occupational therapy, I had people teaching me how to make food again, Um, I had people teaching me how to make phone calls again, people teaching me how to read and write again, you name it, it was happening Um, but I wanted it to happen, like I was just like give me it all, give me, I want to do this, I want to do that. Um, So then I started going in the gym and everyone was like you can't do this, you can't do that and I didn't listen basically. Um, I started trying to lift lots and lots of weight um i say lots of weight like lift one or two of the weight stack um and then from there i just got addicted i I couldn't understand how i couldn't live without going in the gym because it made me so strong it made me be able to lift the kettle up it made me be able to go in there and make my own toast um open the fridge up get the cups out like really really simple things be able to wash my own hair Just, just, it sounds really silly to a lot of people, but it makes me quite emotional because I think, well, I wasn't able to wash my own hair until I went to the gym. And it's not about the gym. It's about the fact that I was able to go there, motivate myself and try and build some muscle. Like I lost so much weight in hospital. Um, When I went into hospital, I was eight stone 13, apparently, roughly. Um, I can't actually remember. And I lost loads and loads of weight because I was drip fed through a tube up my nose. Um, and when I left hospital, this was like after weeks of having loads of food, um, I was only six stone thirteen. Obviously, the everyone have to work that in kilos, but that's all I can think back to.
0: And what, what do you weigh now for context?
1: Ah, so I now I weigh 57 kilos. So that's just under nine stone, I think. Because I do it I now do it in kilos. But um, I went up, so this is where it was weird. So after the car accident, I came out six stone 13. um, And I went, I need to get stronger. I need to get bigger. I look like a bag of bones. I really, really did. Nothing fitted me anymore. I had no chest, I had nothing. And I just looked, I looked ill. Um, And that was, I had no muscle, I had nothing. Um, So I went probably up to about nine stone five at the time so like 62, 63 kilos or something, um, and I put on a hell of a lot of weight, I was like a size 10 to 12, and compared to when I came out of hospital, my size 6 jeans wouldn't fit me, um, size 10 to 12, I don't think I look bad at all, um, I just kind of like, I put on lots of weight, and then I started going to the gym, and I started getting stronger, um, and then I started losing the weight, and it wasn't, the fact that I was trying to lose the weight, it's just obviously my metabolism had changed because I was in hospital and I had no food. Um, I came out of hospital and I wanted to eat everything to try and get strong. Um, but I still was eating everything. But because I was lifting more weights and all I wanted to do was go into the gym and lift weights, um, that's just like nothing major, doing some shoulder press machine, doing the leg press machine, stuff like that. My metabolism obviously spiked quite high, um, which was great. But throughout my journey, I've lost and gained weight, I would say, loads of times, but never, never too much. I've gone from like 65 kilos back down to like 55 kilos, but my shape has changed dramatically. So I would say at the moment, I'm like a size six to eight in clothes. Um, That's like an extra small. Um, But when I came out of hospital, I'd gone all the way up to 10 or 12. And I probably was only around nine stone, nine and a half stone. But it was all about the muscle, the fact that I didn't have any muscle. So I put it all on as fat and then I lost it all and I gained it as muscle. So now my physique is tighter, smaller, but I might weigh a little bit more than what I started at.
0: a a breaking point for you where you suddenly in your recovery process like things just clicked and you your strength suddenly started to bounce back
1: do you know what i think when i this is really really strange but when i started going to the gym there was a lady of ms um and she was on crutches and my aim in my head was going wow i want to be like her because she was working five days a week she had ms um and that was my dream and then when she was like oh my god you've come on so well jade and i i hadn't quite realized how well i'd got and it was when she said to me how well and how how impressed she was with me and how motivated or how motivating i made her feel that just changed my whole outlook i was like wow i want to do this with everyone i want to make everyone impressed i want to kind of go yeah i'm strong again i can do it again um, do you think
0: that's what led you into wanting to train people
1: yes yeah, so well, she did it basically she said right well we 're going to fund for you to get your level two um she' then when she done our fund my funding, um, she then got me an apprenticeship to get um, a year's apprenticeships thing to be a personal trainer, um, so she basically did it all she said, Look, I love what you do. I love how you are around people. Can you come and help me and volunteer at my ms classes and I absolutely loved it, um, and that just changed my whole perspective. I was like, wow, I want to do this. I want to help people get to where I thought I couldn't get to, where I thought that, be it not be it, like, it's just really hard to say, but I thought I would never be able to drive again. I'd never be able to do these things again, and it shows. All you need to do is a little bit of determination, and that's it. It just
0: it's um interesting you say that because i think the relation of that obviously this is a different scenario in terms of people like i think a lot of people set glass ceilings for themselves So that makes sense yes. they don't believe they can do things obviously that's a different scenario because the ceiling was almost imposed on you overnight or in yes. an instance but then it's your it's everyone's own conscious choice of how you decide to react to a, a situation and the best thing you can do is you just have to deal with it and then plan strategically how are you going to deal with it going forward and make the best of the scenario rather than what exactly. about it
1: people say to me all the time they're like oh yeah but i didn't have it as bad as you or oh yeah but you have pain all the time and oh but you've done it i think when well, everyone has their own story everyone has their own journey and actually you just need to push you just need to be dedicated and you just need to ask for help and i think that was a big thing for me being able to ask for help in the end and kind of go actually I need help doing this I need to get stronger and that for me was a big step.
0: 100% I think that initial thought process though from you in terms of like do you think you were driven by anger by the car accident and what happened and wanting to prove maybe to other people and to yourself that you weren't going to be defined by something like oh, that because
1: yeah yeah so yeah, like so. For me, right at the beginning i felt like i was mourning for somebody because i i couldn't be jade anymore i couldn't be jade who was going to sixth form i couldn't be jade that was driving a car i couldn't do any of the things that i could do i just i couldn't read and write properly i couldn't understand sentences i kept saying the wrong thing i was emotional And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so angry. I was so pissed off that this has been taken away from me. And I can't even remember what I was like beforehand. It was like a mental block. And for me, I kind of, no, I'm going to do it. I'm still going to do this. And when people were saying to me, oh, you can't do that, I was like, I can. um, And I will. And that was just my whole thing is I needed to be perfect. I needed to do it. I needed to be able to prove everyone that I could walk around Asda on my own. I don't need my yellow wheelchair anymore. And that's really, really silly to say because it's such a small bit of it, but just kind of going, well, no, I don't need the wheelchair to go around Asta and supermarket. So I don't need... The wheelchair to do this and i don't need to be able to oh do you want to take your wheelchair with you jay and i'm like no i don't and i, I just kind of struggled along but it was a proper determination thing you had to kind of just dig deep and keep going there were so many times where i wanted to give up um dan obviously has been there with me the whole time and he was my rock he really really was everything um <clears throat> my family again all helpful but just having Dan to go, no, 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 stop, you can do this, carry on, was just so motivating for me. That again, we all need coaches, Dan's mine. so.
0: Yeah, I think one of those things it comes back to is about having um, accountability and support, which is obviously something you have at home with Dan and obviously have done for a long time. And that's obviously one of the things that you obviously understand the value of and you provide so well. So obviously the clients we work with, I think that's the thing that people are naive in the respect that they think they don't need help. And I think it's just people's own arrogance that holds them back, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Like everyone needs help. Everyone does. Whether it's emotional help, whether it's help with their nutrition, whether it's help with training, whether it's help with cleaning the house, like we all need help. And I think a lot of people struggle to ask. And I think, we, we all need to know our limits and kind of go, actually, there's, there's always someone else that can do it better. There's always someone else that could help us with our journey, whether that's booking holidays. Like, you don't go and do it all yourself all the time. There's always somebody there to help you. I think we all look at things differently. But for me, having Dan as my coach makes me want to be strong for him as well. And I think that's the same with my clients. A lot of my clients want to do it because I've asked them to do it because they know that I'm, I'm there. That's, it's not just someone over the internet, it's Jade and they know me and they can speak to me. They can message me. They can tell me that they felt crap that day. They can tell me that something isn't working or they're upset or they messed up because they haven't had this or have had that for their diet. Um, I think having that breakdown, you need to understand. You need to understand your coach and understand your client. And I think a lot of people don't think that's what's online coaching about. They think it's just a plan. They think, oh yeah, someone gives me a plan and I just go and follow it. It's not. It's an emotional bond. Like, like these people, I love them. They're like actually family to me.
0: And it, it's one of those things, there's two things that make people stick to something and get them results. And it's, one is having skin in the game, actually investing into something because once you paid for something, you're actually going to do it. And then secondly is like, as human beings, we don't want to let other people down. And exactly. the last thing that like either your clients or my clients want to think is like, I'm going to have to check in with Charlie on Friday and I've fucking just nailed an entire cheesecake or done something stupid. Like it, just having that accountability externally to someone else outside your own brain It's so important, so important. I want
1: them to be able to come and tell me, I've had a whole cheesecake. what do I do? And they can, and that's what, they don't feel like they're going to get told off. Like, I don't know, like, it's as if it's it's not just one way. Like, they're not coaching me, obviously, but the relationship's both ways. Like, I care, and they care. And that's what's really, really nice about doing the coaching with clients. I think people, again, they, they just think that, it's just you get this plan, you get this stuff, and people just take it and go with it. If someone messages me back and I read it the wrong way around or don't understand what it says, I'm sometimes I'm hurt. And they're like, no, I didn't mean it like that. And and actually, people need to understand we are people at the end of it. We are people. We're sitting here, we care.
0: Yeah, and ultimately it's because we care is why we get results. Yeah, exactly. And- coming into that let, let's go into some sort of female specific fat loss subjects so yeah. we said um at the beginning of this that we'll talk through three main factors when it comes to females and fat loss so what would be the number one for you jay that you see with your clients
1: so a lot of women talk to me about their belly fat
0: that's probably yeah. the most common question i get on instagram oh. alongside bloody creatine that is yeah, probably about five minutes
1: i think a lot of them now have kind of got it Um, but you always get your client, even when they think they've got it, they then turn the question around and they end up asking the same thing. Like, Oh, I'm losing weight here and here, but it's not really shifting from my belly or, or I'm feeling bloated or I'm, and it's a hard one to kind of get people around. They think that, okay, it's about having abs. Um, it's not about having abs. It's about being healthy, but, yes we can have abs and yes you can lose belly fat but women are different women are different to men Um, women do lose fat in a slower rate than men do Um, i think we don't need to say about genetics but we aren't small men as people say um we can go into the gym and yeah we can lift weights but we're not gonna look like men um And again, when it comes to belly fat, it's all about genetics. It's about your stress levels. It's about your age, um, the sex. Again, as we said, like if you are a female and you hold weight around your stomach, then you're most likely always going to hold weight around your stomach. But we can make that smaller. It again is all about diet and exercise and just being logical. People need to understand that. If you aren't having a good diet and you are drinking too much alcohol, you will see it on your stomach. And I think...
0: I'm going to give a great example of this. So I I was, I don't mean to pick on the general public, but I was dumbfounded by the stupidity of this. So I was at the viewpoint, you know, where we live on top of Rygate Hill. There's that coffee thing. Yeah. So I like to walk, walk there. And it's, it's about, I don't know, a half an hour walk to get there. And uh, we were there like getting a coffee and I overheard this guy's conversation and he was like, oh yeah, I'm starting to... Look- so and so told me to do a low carb diet to lose weight, and I just looked over, and the guy was like, I don't know, 20 stone maybe. He was, he was, his body fat must be like 40, 50 percent. Like he was very obese. And whilst he was saying that, he was basically inhaling a sausage roll and then drinking <laughs> like a liter of orange juice. And I was like, and then he was talking about how he needs to get his heart rate up at the gym and doing exercise. And I'm like, this is fundamentally the problem: is that people are they they th- say they're doing these things, but then their actions are, are completely against that and they're setting themselves up for sabotage because they're worrying too much about like trying to get their heart rate up and doing like a low carb diet, which is going to be extreme instead of just essentially cutting out the crap of sausage rolls and a litre of orange juice. Um, and that's what frustrates me greatly because I just see it all the time. And I wanted to go over there and like say something. i oh, no, you have to hold
1: your breath. Yeah, oh, it's oh, it's not oh.
0: worth it sometimes
1: i get the same things that whenever you go out for a meal at a restaurant with a group of people or just me and dan there will always be a conversation somewhere about oh i need to lose weight i need to start a diet or what do you think what do people so many people have opinions like it's just incredible and this whole
0: what's that saying that opinions like assholes everyone's got one
1: yeah exactly exactly and you kind of need People need to understand that carbs aren't bad. Yes, as you get older, women, if they have too many carbs, you will notice it around their stomach. But the same thing, if you have too much alcohol, you will notice it around your stomach. If you have too much food, you will notice it around your stomach. It's not the carb, it's the amount you're having.
0: Yeah, and the amount of calories.
1: Exactly, and it doesn't even matter if it's a carb or if it's a protein, it's the amount. and. Yes, I've got a lot of older clients that do struggle when they start eating carbs. They want more carbs, which means they get bigger. Like, it's just what happens. And during our hormones, women crave certain things. um, And we end up tending to crave carbs, whether it's sugary carbs and sugar and chocolate and stuff, or whether it's we want salty things like women get stuck into this rut of going okay well let's go low carb and actually that's probably the worst thing for them because cutting out carbs completely yes you lose maybe you've lost three stones from it great fantastic but when you go out for a pizza next friday what's gonna happen three stone how does that work from a one pizza no it's not it's the water retention from the carbohydrates and i think people misinterpret what they should be doing when you say cutting calories. Again, as I said, women are different. We probably need to eat less. But if you start moving more and you start lifting more weights, you can eat more. Like, for example, like my calories are really high. And it's not because I'm trying to gain weight. It's just because I can eat a lot of food because I lift a lot of weights. Like I go to the gym. I work hard. I move a lot. I do between 12 and 20,000 steps a day. Um, I train for an hour and a half to two hours, five times a week. um, And I'm allowed to eat 2,500 to 2,700 calories without gaining weight. That's just because my metabolism is high and I'm a go, go, go person. But for a lot of women, that isn't the case. And when they start dieting, they cut too low. And when they cut too low, you're only in one place. You're only going to go down. And this is the worry is that people that cut their calories too low then need to cut their calories again and then cut their calories again. And actually, that's where the thousand calorie diet comes in. And that's not healthy. And the problem with women is that it will lead to you gaining belly fat because you'll eat a load one day and you'll gain it around your stomach. It's just one of them
0: things and the real reality is as well like I th- the female body and a like, hormonal system isn't as bulletproof as a male one so uh, the, the best example of this is you see girls do bikini competitions and it's almost like a a sick twisted game of who can starve themselves the most yeah, and they end up in like uh, seven eight hundred grams of calories sorry seven eight hundred calories a day some of them doing like two hours of cardio and it's it's moronic and then um And then afterwards that you just see them balloon up like crazy. Um, And the same thing with guys, they might end up going down to say 14, 1500, but you'll see that they don't tend to have such a heavy rebound as bad backwards because their uh, hormonal profile allows them to basically almost like fix themselves quicker. Whereas women don't seem to have that leeway. Um, Which I think is even more reason why people, women need to be aware of not trying to, run before you can walk and jump a gun
1: exactly like you can't ignore the fact that men are different to women and we do burn and hold fat in different ways but we can lose the fat and I think with the whole let's stand on stage let's look a certain way who are you doing it for this is the question and I'm not saying that they can't stand on stage I've got clients that like that I've got clients that love the fact that they can see their abs or they they're going to see their abs or they want to stand on stage. Great. Absolutely fantastic. It's a great goal. It's great for you. But for me, long term, I'm looking for your future. I care. So I want to coach you to be healthy as well as lose weight, as well as hit your strength goals, as well as hit personal goals whether, whether that is to stand on stage. But I don't want you in an 800 calorie a day diet. That is just Insane, and I think people need to kind of get past the thinking that if I look a certain way, I'll be happy. You won't. If you have coaching, if you are shown the right direction, if you ask the right questions, you then will be happy. And in 20 years' time, you won't look back and go, oh, I remember that time I stood on stage and I felt like I was going to pass out. You're going to remember that time, remember that time when I learned how to do this in the gym. This is It's just comparison, it's silly.
0: People need to learn to take more reward from how you feel and how you perform and how you look because the sick twisted reality is that no matter how you look, you'll never be happy.
1: Yeah, like
0: Like,
1: I, I know that I look good. I know I do, I'm not stuck up in any way. I don't look bad, I haven't got a nice big bum. My bum's quite small, my legs are quite small. I'm quite muscly on the top than I am on the bottom. That's just the way I am. Everyone's built different. I've got quite big biceps, probably bigger than Dan's. It's great, but I hope but, he
0: listens to this. He will do.
1: He will do. He will do. He will have to. Just for that comment, I'll say I've mentioned him once, but just once. But um, but that doesn't mean that I go to the gym to look good. I don't. I go to the gym because I want to be strong because I was told I can't be. And I think that no matter what comes back to it. If you're kind of put in this bracket of you're the fat kid you want to go to the gym to lose weight you need to get to the point where you've lost that weight and actually you're now going to the gym to be healthy not to lose more weight or not to be the biggest guy in the gym not it's it's a complex you need to just go to the gym to be healthy or work out to be healthy move more to be healthy it's all about living longer not about Standing on stage, or not about being shredded.
0: It's also it, about le- learning to run your own race because no matter how big or strong you are, or how great you are, there's always someone bigger and better. Like exactly, that's just the reality.
1: And that that's great, and it's fantastic because you've always got people to look up to, and it's kind of go, wow, look at what he did, look what she did, or look at her standing on stage. Fantastic, but we, we've all got our own journey, and I think people kind of limit themselves because they go, I want to look like that, or I want to do that, or I want to do that. Yeah, it's great to have dreams and aspirations, but we want to live longer. And I think that needs to be a lot of people's end range goal is to say, actually, I want to be a better me rather than just be a smaller me or rather than just lose the belly fat. If you are big and if you've gained a lot of weight, you will have loose skin. And the issue is, if you've got loose skin around your stomach, it's going to take a hell of a long time to get rid of that area. And probably when you have that one bad meal, it's going to get big again. Like, and Dan, Dan wasn't the smallest person. He was quite big and he's never really going to have a visible six pack because he will always have that loose bit of skin over the top. He'll have the outlines of a six pack, but... He might not be stage ready because he was big. He was a big guy. Like he gained lots of weight and not in the nice places. And I love him no matter what. It doesn't matter whether he was big or whether he was small. But if someone said to him, "Well, oh, you have to get abs," I don't think he could. He can get down to a specific body fat, and yeah, he looked really, really good. But he still got that loose skin around that area, and I think people kind of go, oh, this will go, that will go. No, if you were over 100 kilos and it didn't look right and you didn't have abs then, you're probably not going to have abs.
0: I would challenge Dan to see if he can do this because I was 108 kilos at one point and it wasn't a good look. So, <laughs> Well, no, he, I,
1: he can have abs, but like not, not stage-ready abs, like not stand on stage looking. He can have abs. I can, I can see them. They are there. They are good, but... Whether he can tighten that skin, like you've got to kind of get around. If you've been larger for a long period of time, that you've stretched the skin. We can kind of get to a certain point, but I think everyone needs to understand everyone's got their own journey. And if during your life you were bigger, you just got to accept the fact that that skin needs to be taken away or it's been stretched. And I think a lot of women get this in their head thinking, oh, okay, well, oh, I need to look like that. And if they lose all that weight, they will feel better. They might lose all that weight and they might feel better, but there will always be another goal.
0: And that's the reality of everything in life, is that you're always chasing the sunset yeah. or the horizon. Exactly. When it comes to women and food, do you see a lot of differences in terms of the emotional side of things, with emotional eating?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'd like to talk about that. So I think... All women should be tracking their periods. So tracking their menstrual cycle, which you're very clued up on Charlie. <laughs>
0: perfect but, experience.
1: Yeah, of course. So when it comes to our menstrual cycle, every woman is different. Everyone deals with their periods. Everyone deals with the week of their bleeding, the way they act, they all deal with it different. And I think when you start to track it, whether you're on a contraceptive pill or not, you should be tracking Um, because you're still having some sort of cycle um that the cycle itself affects your health because you should know when you're coming on and when you're not coming on and how it's going to affect you um and that's all about health but most women have cravings um most women get moody um whether it's good mood bad mood so this week i've got good mood because i'm It's the first week of my period, just to let you know. But energy levels change depending on your period. So if you're having a crappy week and you don't track your menstrual cycle, there is probably a reason for the crappy week. So every week in that month is different. And I think when women start to realize their weeks and their cycles, they can plan around that. So I know that... On a certain week, if I weigh myself, it might make me feel worse because I might have put weight on. And it doesn't mean I put weight on because I'm not eating anything any different. It's just because my cycle is different and my appetite levels change. So I might say that actually, as I'm coming off my period, I'm not as hungry. So I need to be aware that I need to still get enough protein in my body. That's the same with a lot of people as they find that one week they're crazy crazy craving and next week they might not want to eat anything at all compared to the week before um and if you have that on an app or if you have that written in your notes on your phone or in your diary or whatever then you can plan for it and you can reach out and ask for help if you're having crappy days um you can reach out and ask for alternatives and find out why, for instance, they might be craving certain things. So like, for instance, um, one of my clients said to me, look, I'm gonna, I'm having a bad week. I feel really, really rubbish. I'm not hit, hitting my protein. Um, but I had loads of chocolate last night. And I said, well, overall, did you go over your calories? And they went, well, no. I said, right, well, let me just put that aside. Don't need to overwork out today. You don't need to worry about it because that, again, that's a lot of women. They think that because they've eaten something wrong, they should work out differently because of it. It's
0: that uh, debit credit society with uh, yeah, calories, exactly. isn't it?
1: And then they all kind of go, okay, well, I'm on my period now, so um, I'm going to go to the gym and do that. I said, well, how do you feel? And they're like, oh, I feel like I've got no energy. Um, I just want to go to bed. I'm like, well, maybe you should just go to bed. Maybe take a walk, hit your calories, do whatever you're doing and forget about having to go to the gym. Forget about having to stick to something. Take some time and remember you're human and remember that women feel rubbish sometimes. And sometimes you need to take a step away and just go in that quiet room and lie down. Um, And it's nice to be able to kind of Ask someone that, which is quite nice. I think that I wouldn't for myself go, Oh, I'm having a crappy day and I don't want to go to the gym. And all now, now I'm telling other people that maybe if you don't feel up for exercising today because it's day one of your period, maybe you don't. Now that makes me realise that actually I can give myself a break sometimes, and that's quite nice.
0: Something um, I think is quite interesting with this though is that. If you're tracking things like this, it then makes it easy for you to understand why something feels off. And that's why I think it's important also to track things like um, sleep, food, stress levels, everything. Because then like, I don't know, So if you wake up tomorrow and you're like, I feel really shit. My training is really shit. It's like, hmm, what what happened yesterday? Did I sleep badly? Was I really stressed? Did I undereat? Like, there's always a reason why. And once you understand the reason why, it's then easier to accept it.
1: So like this week, I know that I am strong. I know that I'm going to hit my 10 pull-ups because it's the week after my period. And I kind of like, I hit nine and a half today, nine and a half, I didn't hit 10. That's my challenge for myself. Um, Only nine and a half (laughs) pull-ups. But what I know is I will be strong. So if I want to PB something or I want to lift heavier this week, I know this will be my week to do it. And if I was actually keeping a record of the weights that I lifted, I know that three weeks ago, this would probably happen again. And three weeks before that. And then I know that next week will be an okay week. And the week before my period, I might feel a bit sluggish. And I might find that when I go to the gym, I might only squat 60 kilos instead of 80 kilos. Because that's just how women's bodies work. And I think when you're writing it down and then you kind of go back to that and you go oh that was really rubbish but then if you look at the dates you kind of go, actually it was rubbish because of my hormones it wasn't rubbish because i'm rubbish and it wasn't rubbish because i can't do things right it was just rubbish because of hormones and women have too many hormones and i think if they can understand that they can balance out their energies and probably build better workouts because they can kind of go, actually, well, this exercise isn't gonna work for me today because I'm gonna feel rubbish afterwards. So stop it, or maybe swapping days around, stuff like that. And I well, think
0: even just reducing the weight.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like everyone needs to understand that you're gonna be different, you're gonna feel different on different weeks, and motivation will only come when you accept that, because otherwise you're just going to be feeling crap.
0: Hundred percent, and it's all those small, like little things that add up. And once you realise something, what is making you feel crap, you then feel almost less stressed trying to work out what's wrong.
1: Yeah, like I kind of let myself feel a bit rubbish for them days. I kind of go, "Oh, I'm on my period," oh. and like it feels fine and then sometimes I have my clients that come in one-to-one and I just look at them and I go what's wrong and they go oh come on my period and you're like okay and I have to change the session because some women it really affects them other women just want to kind of chuck things about and start getting a ball out and slamming it on the floor or whenever they're doing something they want to make lots of noise afterwards they want to when they've got the weight because they need that release and I think when you begin to understand your periods and understand your cycle, you'll understand how to deal with yourself and how to ask for help again.
0: It's becomes like becoming self-aware and managing yourself. Um, to go into one last topic to, before we finish up. Yeah. What would be your number one tip when it comes to uh, female training and anything you'd suggest women need to focus on more or perhaps not be afraid of comparatively to men?
1: Oh, Don't be afraid of standing in the middle of the weight section and just taking a weight. This is a thing like you go over to the weight section of any gym and yes, there are lots and lots of men, but we are all equal. We can all lift weights in the gym. And I think it's such a scary thing for a lot of women to kind of go in there and just pick weights up. I think that needs to be women's main thing. You don't go in there and go on the treadmill. Like that's, you wanna go in there and you wanna have a good session. You wanna start lifting some weights. We don't have different training programs. We still can lift weights. And I think when women realize that they feel better about themselves. I think when I go to the gym, when I go over and lift up a weight that someone's doing a warm up on, and I start doing it as well, and I can do more, I'm like, yeah, great. And it really, really makes me feel strong. That's it. And when you feel strong, overall, you just feel better. And I think women, when they're training, have got this whole thing that they need to be doing it to look a certain way. Um, and all the exercises they're doing need to be for the whole body. I think that's a lot. A lot of women go in there and think, "Oh, you can, I need to do legs, or I need to do squats." Well, actually, in ten years' time, you're going to look at your bingo wings and go, "Actually, that's a bit of a bit more worry." Um, <clears throat> I don't. I don't think there is any one exercise that women should focus on more than anything else. I think it needs to be stuff that they enjoy and just going in there and doing a Zumba class is great because it's great for people to kind of get motivated and be with people, but it's not going to make you better in 10 years.
0: I- and I would beg to diff- beg to agree you to agree that you're probably not going to see any real differences in terms of the way you look or feel.
1: Not at all. Not at all. I would never ever join a Zumba class myself I can dance, not that well, but I can. And (laughs) I don't think in any way, apart from burning that extra little bit of calories, it's beneficial. I don't think there's any benefit in it, really. Um, Yes, you can meet people. Yes, it can be fun. But women need to go into the gym to be stronger. Because when we're stronger, we have a higher metabolism and we build better muscles, stronger bodies, and burn more calories. That's it.
0: I think also the big secret is that people don't understand is the, like from a woman's point of view, if you want to have a, a sculpted bikini body, if you're if you've never got no body fat, if you've got no muscle, you look like shit. You look like oh, I know. No. And you see women like that all the time. And yeah. also the advantage when you have more muscle mass is you can get away with eating more food. So if you want to enjoy pizza, red wine, whatever, like you'll get away with it more.
1: Exactly, like I said, yeah, why like, you can eat so much? Well, exactly. I've got quite a lot of muscle um i don't actually know what my body fat is but i've got low body fat um not low to the point where i'm unhealthy Um, unhealthy sorry but when it comes to being able to eat a lot i can eat a lot because i've got more muscle and i think as you just said like women get into this rut of going oh i'm only doing this i'm only doing that when they're going into the gym and we need to build metabolism so we need to build muscle um women hold fat different as i said from all the conversation because we are meant to have babies so i think if you kind of understand if you've had children your metabolism will be different as well um but you still need to go into the gym and lift weights you still need to train hard you still can give it as much as any man can give it in the gym or even better because we look better
0: i would actually say that there's actually some research as well that proven is that women actually have the ability to push themselves harder than a lot of men um and they have a higher pain tolerance apparently yeah. because of childbirth but um, I, yeah,
1: we need less rest we need some, less rest.
0: some women who can train hard it's fucking like insane but um
1: and like when i'm in the gym and i'm in the zone you can't get through to me but I don't really rest too much. I don't take myself, okay, I have a minute here, a minute there, that, that annoys me. And when I used to go and train with Dan, we'd do powerlifting and you've got to wait a minute or a minute and a half in between sets. I'm just like eager to carry on. I need to do more, I need to do something, do this, do that. And I think women are able to push ourselves even more. And I think we've got the mobili- mobility mentality to try and be better i think we always want to go in the gym and be better than that person
0: so that was an insane episode of the shredder show we discussed all things female fitness and discussed the backstory on jade who's our head trainer at cj coaching if you found this insightful hopeful and motivational then please make sure you share this with a friend and leave us a five-star review and also if you're looking to get in the best shape ever This summer 2021, if you hit the link below the podcast, you can book in your free six pack strategy call with myself and the CJ coaching team to discuss how we can take you forward. Also below the podcast, there is a link to join the CJ Shredding Squad Facebook group, which has tons of free information to help you on your journey. And we'll see you in the next episode of The Shredder Show.